It is winning season at my bookie. Use promo code Gators on the deposit of $50 or more, and you can receive up to $200 in cash instantly to your my bookie account. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. And Gators Breakdown is proud to partner with America's number one meal kit, HelloFresh. Go to HelloFresh.com slash 50Gators and use code 50Gators for 50% off plus free shipping. Gators Breakdown. Because there's never a dull moment in Gator Nation. The Gators Breakdown Podcast is ready to go. I am your host, David Waters. You can find me on social media at GatorDave underscore SEC. It is Florida. It is Georgia. It is Florida taking on the number one team in the country. It is Florida taking on their biggest in-conference rival this weekend in Jacksonville, world's largest outdoor cocktail party. Look, I'm in Jacksonville, grew up in Georgia. This is my biggest game. This is the one I circle. This is the must-win game. If I can pick one game one rival to beat this is it i do not like those bulldogs so all right it's time to take down that red and black gonna be tough gonna be tough but we'll preview it right here on this episode of gators breakdown give my prediction at the end of the episode as well but man man oh man feel a little bit better about this one going into it than we have in recent years we'll see what that means We'll see what that means, but excited for the game, excited for the party atmosphere that is Florida, Georgia. Nothing like it. Nothing like it. So, all right, we got plenty, plenty to get into. Hit that like button. Subscribe to Gators Breakdown if you haven't done so yet. All that stuff is free. You don't have to pay for it. Just help us out right here. Smash that like button. Subscribe to Gators Breakdown if you haven't done so yet. Uh, big shout out to, uh, look, you know, I everybody knows Gator fan. I, I don't. Don't hide the fact. Try to be objective. Try to be fair. Hey, but this Saturday, this weekend, I'm going to be in the stands as a fan, not in the me- not in the media booth. Shout out to Coach Jay. Offer me some tickets here. Going with some tailgate buddies. Otter, Bert, Brett. We'll all be sitting together. Hey, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Uh, and hopefully, go. I, I, I'm feeling better. I'm feeling good. I want to go as a fan and enjoy this one. I'm hoping, I'm hoping we're walking out of that stadium, Gator chomping with a big victory. But hey, I want to go enjoy this one. I want to go enjoy this one as a as a fan, as a fan. Go have some fun. So go cheer, go chomp, all that good stuff. Can't do that in the media room. Can't do that in the in the media booth. So hey, I'm gonna go, gonna go have a good time. Shout out to Coach Jay right there. Everybody, GatorsBreakdown.com. That's where you can get caught up with. Hey, outside of the podcast articles, transcripts from all the press conferences this week, all that good stuff. Catch up with what Billy Napers had to say all week, what Kirby Smart has said all week about this big matchup out there. GatorsBreakdown.com. The latest scheming with Seth is up there as well about what Florida can can do, what you should look for this week against the Georgia Bulldogs. Gators Breakdown Plus, of course, you get those ad-free episodes. Link is in the description to join. You get access to the Discord server, those live chats that we have every week as an episode members i'll you know preview them here every now and then but if you want the full episodes if you can't take part in chats you get those in your gators breakdown plus member feed as well and hey look the last normal episode of gators breakdown go check that out as well the opponent outlook my good buddy palmer toms hopped on gave us a really really good look at the georgia bulldogs so after 
If you haven't checked that episode out yet, after this episode, go listen to that for even more Florida-Georgia coverage here at Gators Breakdown. Let's get started. One more time, it is worth the refresher. 23 straight wins for the Georgia Bulldogs. The Gators have never beaten the AP number one team while being an unranked team themselves. Georgia's last regular season loss came to the Florida Gators in 2020. It's the last regular season loss. Last loss altogether is the 2021 SEC championship game. Time to change that. It is time to change it. But this is what Florida is up against right here. Let's take a look at some quick stats. Quick stats of Florida, Georgia right here. And you see a lot of high rankings <laughs> for Georgia when you look at this. But hey, look right here. Total offense for the Gators. There are 46 in the country. Georgia's the sixth ranked total defense. So Florida's 46th ranked offense against Georgia's sixth ranked defense. Florida averaging 421 yards a game. Georgia averaging giving up 262 yards a game. Scoring offense for the Gators. That's tied for 64th in the country at 29.1 points per game. The 64th ranked scoring offense against the 7th ranked scoring defense in the country in Georgia. I mean, let's look at Georgia's SEC rankings right there. They're 6th in total defense, 7th in scoring defense, 11th in rushing defense, ninth in passing defense, and that is all tops in the SEC. I mean, you look at that. If you're watching the YouTube version, you go down the SEC column, and they are ranked number one in total defense, scoring defense, rushing defense, passing defense, <laughs> passing efficiency defense. It's ridiculous. The, the defense isn't as good as it has been, and they are still the best in the SEC, one of the best in the country. It's what you come to expect from Georgia. Let's continue right here. Rushing offense for the Gators is 83rd in the country. Georgia's rushing defense is 11th in the country. Passing offense for the Gators, 31st in the country against a ninth-ranked passing defense there in Georgia. So you get a little closer when you start looking at the passing offense and the passing efficiency for Florida against the passing defense and passing efficiency of Georgia. Passing efficiency are 20th for the Gators in the country against Georgia's fifth pass efficiency defense. So the Gators rushing offense, 141 a game. Georgia giving up 91. Passing defense for Georgia, 171 yards a game. Florida throwing for 280. Let's flip it around. Georgia, the third best offense in college football. 509 yards a game going against Florida's 17th ranked total defense. So third ranked for the Bulldogs, 17th for the Gators when you look at total offense and total defense. Georgia scoring offense at 7th in the country against Florida's 35th scoring defense. 7 against 35 right there. Rushing offense for Georgia, 48th in the country against Florida's 44th rushing defense. Georgia gaining 172 yards on the ground. Florida giving up 124. And Georgia, the 5th ranked passing offense in the country against Florida's 21st ranked passing defense. Georgia gaining 337 yards through the air, Florida giving up 187. 
So right, we'll go down and just kind of compare here. Turnover margin, Florida, not much worse than Georgia. Georgia's even on the season. That's 67th in the country. Florida's tied for 89th. Georgia not doing a huge job of taking the ball away. Nine takeaways on the season, but Florida only four. So Georgia much better at taking the ball away. Now, if we keep going, sacks allowed, big, big difference here. Great job of protecting, protecting Carson Beck this year. Georgia tied for ninth in the country, giving up only six sacks. 0.86 a game, less than one a game. Florida, 19 sacks on the year, 2.7 a game. That's tied for 103rd in the country. Now, where Florida holds an advantage here, opponent red zone percentage. Georgia with those really good defensive numbers, but if you can get in the red zone, hey, there we go. Florida's red zone offense has been pretty good lately. So if Florida can get there, maybe you could put some points up on Georgia. And let's go down to the bottom here, sacks. Both defenses, look, I mean, this is what's crazy about Georgia. This this lets you know, stats, tackles for loss, not the end-all, be-all to be a great defense. Does it help? Oh, certainly, absolutely. That's probably why the takeaway numbers aren't so high for either team. But it doesn't mean your defense has to be bad. Georgia showing you right here. Look, that's been an MO for Georgia. They're not all that great at sacking and tackles for loss overall. Overall, in these in this big run for Kirby Smart in these defenses, don't get me wrong. They usually they turn it on as the season goes on, but they're not some great sack team, some great tackle for loss team. They just don't give up much after that. <laughs> so uh look, Georgia 107th in the country in sacks per game. Florida's 112th. Georgia with only 12 on the season, Florida with only 11 on the season. Tackles for loss, it looks much the same. Georgia tied for 93rd, Florida's tied for 99th. Georgia has one more tackle for loss, 36, compared to Florida's 35. So, look, sack, tackles for loss, not end-all, be-all. And that'll be one matchup we certainly look at as we look at this game. All right, let's keep it going. Recent history. We'll start. We'll start with the Florida offense against this Georgia defense. Recent history tells us you need an elite, and when I say elite, I mean elite, capital E L I T E, passing performance to beat Georgia, and to even even have a chance at beating Georgia. Since losing to South Carolina in 2019, the beginning of that toward the beginning of that season where the passing stats were 21 of 32 for South Carolina and 155 yards. Since then, it's taken an elite quarterback to beat them. Later that season, in the SEC Championship game, Joe Burrow goes for 28 of 38, 349 yards and four touchdowns. Let's go back to 2020, where Georgia lost to Alabama and Florida. Still one of the best defenses in the country, but they could be half through the air. Mac Jones that year in 2020, 24 of 33, 417 yards and four touchdowns. Kyle Trask in Florida, Georgia's last regular season loss, 30 of 43, 474 yards, four touchdowns. Georgia only loss in 2021 and their last loss overall comes in the 2021 SEC Championship game where Bryce Young tears him up for 26 of 44, 421 yards, 
and three touchdowns. In their near loss to Ohio State last season, coulda, shoulda, woulda won Ohio State, C.J. Stroud, 23 of 34, 348 yards and four touchdowns. That's the type of performance. Recently, that even gives Georgia trouble. Now, Georgia hasn't played anyone this season that could throw the ball like those guys and probably won't. won't. I mean, you listened to it in the last episode with Palmer, and he pointed it out. Think about those names there. Mac Jones, Kyle Trask, Bryce Young, Joe Burrow. Those are Heisman Trophy winners. Those are Heisman Trophy finalists. That's what it's taken to beat Georgia. Now, they haven't played anyone this season. They won't play anyone this season at least in the regular season, that's going to do that. Their worst performance of this season so far, South Carolina, Spencer Rattler went 22 of 42, 256 yards, and a touchdown. So he's around that 40 attempt mark, but for only 256, and only one touchdown instead of the three or four those other guys were throwing for. 152, 152 of those yards were in the first half where South Carolina went up 14-3 to at halftime. South Carolina then came out, Rattler came out through for 37 yards in the third quarter, and then 67 in the fourth quarter. Rattler started that game 10-10 for and finished the game 22-42, finishing with four completions of his last 20 attempts, and two of those were interceptions. So there's only been one half of football where this Georgia defense has given up much of anything through the air. The only game that throws this off of what we're discussing here is Auburn this season. They only threw for 88 yards, but had 219 yards on the ground. Quarterback Peyton Thorne had 92 of those, 7.7 yards to carry. Mainly, all of that on a 161-yard run. Robbie Ashford... Four carries for 33 yards, 8.3 yard average. Graham Hurts is not doing that. So, does that mean he's got to be Mac Jones, Kyle Trask, Joe Burrow, Bryce Young? That's not going to (laughs) happen. I mean, recent history shows us that's not going to happen. If we're expecting that to happen, to be able to win this game, hey, if it happens, great. You cannot go in thinking that's going to happen. Can't. And look, that's that's just doing those guys a disservice. That's not a slam on Graham Mertz. But you can't take away what Mac Jones and Kyle Trask did in 2020, what Joe Burrow did in 2019. Those guys earned that. Hopefully Graham Mertz goes out there and earns it, but you can't sit here and think he's going to do that. And recently, that's what it's taken to beat Georgia. So, that does mean I think Florida's got to get the ground game going somewhat. It's not going to be like Auburn did and hit big quarterback runs, of course. It's going to have to be Johnson, ETN, Webb, maybe, Wilson, Pierce, all creatively. And if you listen to Palmer Thompson in the last episode, he said if there is a weak spot with this Georgia defense, it's probably runs to the edges. Can Florida find some success on the ground here? I don't really expect Florida to have some great success on the ground, but in looking at this game, can the ground game be enough where you convert the third and shorts, the fourth and shorts. You're going to have to be aggressive in this game. The run game needs to at least, at the minimum, be situational. 
at least be complimentary to help the passing game out. I think we still have a lot to learn about this passing game. I'm still not fully on board with, you know, that it's going to carry this offense. Credit for what happened against South Carolina, but that doesn't tell me that it's fixed. Doesn't tell me that's the fix for this offense. Should Florida pass the ball more? Absolutely. That's not what I'm saying here. You are getting better there. Offensive line's getting healthy. Kingsley should be back this week. Austin Barber should be healthier. You're starting to get some continuity there, hopefully. You got young wide receivers emerging at the same time as tight end weapons emerging. So, yeah, it can be, should be better, but I don't think it's the elixir of this offense. Is it going to make the offense better? You hope. And I say so in the way of creating balance for the Gator offense. I don't think this is some massive jump towards Florida becoming a passing team because of what happened versus South Carolina, but maybe now you start passing the ball more, and then maybe it's complementary the other way as well. Instead of the run game carrying the passing game, maybe it's the passing game carrying the run game along, and it's a more balanced approach to this Florida offense. Can that be the path to beat Georgia? And look, for this game, you can't ask Mertz can't think Mertz is going to go out there and be Burrow, Trash, Jones, Young. And that's not a shot at him. But I see you know, a balanced passing attack with an opportunistic run game. Especially third and fourth and short. And maybe you're passing to get yourself in those third, fourth and shorts. You know, it could be a two-to-one pass, but I do think the run's going to have to be opportunistic and complimentary. And look, we'll know early if Mertz, if he's going to get those big-time great passing numbers, you hope, and I think we're smart enough fans to realize it doesn't need to be the garbage time. It doesn't need to be catching up in a game. It needs to be the constant barrage from the get-go. We'll know if the stats are inflated or not, but you're going to be able to tell pretty early. So, you know, in him not being those great quarterbacks. I think the run game's going to have to be there to create some type of balance for a Florida offense. Can it be slanted more toward the passing game? Sure. I don't think you're going to ask it to be this 400-yard passing attack. I just don't see it. The stat that's worrisome for me in looking at this game where I said the run game needs to be opportunistic, we talked about it earlier this week, the biggest key or one of the biggest keys to Georgia's success is a third down defense. They lead the country with opponents converting just 23.6% of the time. In the past three SEC games, Georgia opponents are combined six for 32. That's 19%. Even better than their season average in their last three SEC games. Florida ranks 108th in the country in third down conversion offense at 33.3%. It's got to be better. And that's where I say you, you, you're, not gonna th- you're not gonna throw a lot on third and one, third and two. Now, maybe against Georgia, that's the path. Maybe there's a lot of one-on-one matchups outside that you want to try and hit some big plays on. But given Billy Napier and what he's done, unless he changes his MO, if you're in four down territory, I expect those third down and shorts to be runs. And it would be great if Florida, his offensive line, shows up, pushes Georgia back a bit for those one, two yards. But it all comes back to the offensive line. 
Can you create run lanes? Can they protect Graham Mertz? Georgia isn't pressuring the quarterback at the elite level. We just went over that. But at the same time, Florida's offensive line has given up way too much pressure to teams nowhere near Georgia's talent level. If Mertz is going to have that passing performance that comes anywhere near close for an upset, he's going to need the time. If not, you know, then you got to get the ball out of his hands. And then you better start blocking well in the perimeter. Get the ball out of his hands, block well outside. This may be where you quick pass Georgia to death. Death by paper cuts. It's hard to do against a Georgia defense that pursues the way they do. Tackles the way they do. But if you get the ball in the hands of a Wilson and a Pearsall quickly, make Georgia make those stops. They haven't played receivers like this yet this year. Not the quick, the quick twitch to be able to stop on a dime and make a move. Haven't played many guys like the combo of Pearsall and Wilson. So perimeter blocking by the other wide receivers are going to be paramount. I think we'll see some quick screens out of Mertz's hands, especially if the offensive line is struggling blocking Georgia. You know, I know we took a lot of downfield shots versus South Carolina, and we all want to see that. Is he even going to have the opportunity to? You know, or is the game plan, or is, the, is it built into the game plan? We need to get the ball out of his hands. Billy Napier's offense, they're going to take some shots down the field. They're going to. But if your offensive line is not allowing you to, how much do you have in the game plan to just get the ball out of his hands? And then you're going to rely on these other wide receivers to help block for Pearsall, to help block for Wilson in the screen game. To help also get the ball out of Mercer's hands? A big ad should be, hey, look, quick little passes to the running backs, quick little flares to the running backs, screen game. Find ways to get Florida's running backs on Georgia's linebackers. Specifically, ETN. Also, Wilson added the, back, added the backfield a little bit as well. Manufacture touches for those two. But Montreal Johnson's going to play a role here, too. He's Florida's best pass-blocking running back, and if Florida's going to need that help, blocking Georgia's front, Montreal Johnson is going to be on the field a lot. He is the best pass-blocking running back. He's going to have to help the offensive line protect Mertz. Can't be predictable and just run when he's out there or have him as a pass-blocker when he's out there. So there's going to be some opportunities to take advantage with him in the passing game as well. I'm not sure how many times Florida's going to be asked to put together eight, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten play drives. And then that be successful versus Georgia's defense. You might get two drives where you score in that. Maybe. So what are you going to add to that? Hopefully, these short little passes I'm talking about to the wide receivers, they break them. They break them. But if Florida's going to drive down the field, I think that's the way they're going to do it. It's going to be the short little passes. It's going to be getting the running backs involved. And I think that might be good for hopefully two drives and two touchdowns, not settling for field goals. But the trend against Georgia's defense, you're not driving up and down the field. So there's, there's two scores there, hopefully. I don't think you get any more, any more than that. The rest of the drives are probably going to have to be some explosives along the way. I know the deep passes opened up against South Carolina. I just don't see it consistently with this offensive line. 
nor do I see you know, the, the consistent short run game. So, going to have to be a balanced attack. Short yardage, deep down the field, run game, pass game. You know, unless the defense finds a way to ugly this game up and or Georgia hurts themselves, the offense is, to me, going to have to be complimentary. I don't think you can just I don't think you can just rely on the passing game here. All right, we got plenty more, plenty more to get into on this Florida Georgia preview. But before we do, when your money's on the line, choose a trusted sports book that gives you the tools to win, like my bookie. And my bookie, it doesn't matter if your team is up or down, you can easily cash out or bet the game live to come out on the winning side. Use MyBookie for daily odds boost, same game parlays, and take advantage of huge prize pool contests. Plus, MyBookie has a no-strings-attached cash bonus that lets you deposit and withdraw quick. Just use promo code GATERS on your first deposit and receive up to $200 in cash. That's promo code GATERS to claim your own cash bonus now. Try the MyBookie money back to grab a potential Super Bowl front runner at long shot odds. Hey, this weekend, Florida, Georgia, about two touchdowns. Think Florida covers the spread? Hey, go to my bookie, bet it there. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere, only with my bookie. Oh, and it's Florida, Georgia week here in Jacksonville. And hey, I took advantage. I took advantage. Hello, fresh. You know, this crazy schedule, I needed. I needed to take advantage of Hello Fresh right there at my doorstep this week. Able to put together a meal quick. And you can keep it exciting at the same time with over 40 recipes to choose from every week. So there's always something delicious to discover with HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. HelloFresh makes whipping up a home-cooked dinner actually doable with quick and easy options. There's even 15-minute meals. That's less time than it takes to get delivery. And with everything pre-portioned and delivered right to your door every week, it's really a no-brainer to go with HelloFresh. I received my latest meals, been ready to try it. This week was the best week to do it. So busy here in Jacksonville, Florida, Georgia week, bringing you guys Gators Breakdown. I took advantage of HelloFresh. You can too. Go to HelloFresh.com slash 50Gators and use code 50Gators for 50% off plus free shipping. One more time. That's HelloFresh.com slash 50Gators and use code 50Gators for 50% off plus free shipping to try HelloFresh, America's number one milk kit. All right, let's get back to this Florida-Georgia preview. And of course, the Florida defense, they have their hands full as well. Going against a pretty good Georgia offense, but it's been made easier with Brock Bowers being out. The all-world tie in for Georgia this will be the first game without him. But so far this season, Georgia averaging 40.1 points per game. That's seventh nationally. And it's outscoring their opponents 281 to 98. Last year's Georgia offense, 41.1 points per game. So they're only a point less than last year's Georgia offense. But the big question, of course, you're on pace about with last year's offense in a lot of ways. How much does that change without Brock Bowers being on the field? He ranks second in Bulldogs history in touchdown catches with 24. 
Fifth in receiving yards with 2,391. And sixth in receptions with 160. He's had 10 100-yard receiving games. And this year leaves Georgia with 41 receptions. Leads with yards at 567. And leads with four touchdown receptions. He's a quarter of their receiving production. Where does Georgia go from here? What game plan do you build without him? He makes it so much harder on opposing defenses when he is the focal point, and you have to put so much focus on him. How does Georgia adjust? At receiver, Lad McConkey, Ra Ra Thomas, Dominic Lovett, Marcus Roseby, Jack Saint, those guys got to step up. At tight end, Oscar Delt, now he's tied in one. True freshman, Lawson Lucky. McConkey, Thomas, Lovett, they have the makeup to be go-to receivers. They've all been there at some point. McConkey with Georgia last year. Thomas and Lovett, they transferred in. They were their, lead, their team's leading receivers last year, transferring into Georgia from Missouri and Mississippi State. Rosemary Jack Saint, I mean, look, you got to worry about his explosiveness. He had a 40-yard reception to start the Kentucky game. Now, Georgia has missed some explosives, but they showed it there. When they're kind of the first time they maybe had been questioned all year against a Kentucky team that had just come off of beating Florida, and Georgia just goes there and puts 50 points on them. Well, that started with Rosemary Jack Saint. So they've missed explosives. I don't want to be the one to where it shows up in mass this week. So watch him there. But if not the passing game, if the change with Bowers being out isn't working or the game plan anyway, maybe concentrate on the ground game, especially where Florida has struggled some this year. The dogs may turn to the ground attack. Dejan Edwards, the senior running back, coming off a career performance at Vanderbilt where he covered the ball, carried the ball 20 times. 146 yards, 7.3-yard average, one touchdown. Had a 62-yard career-long in the fourth quarter of that game that led to Georgia's final touchdown and what probably should have been, you know, it was a closer game than it should have been versus Vanderbilt. He accounted for all 75 yards rushing on the five-play touchdown drive against Vanderbilt. Bowers is out. Give him the ball, he takes over. And watch out for his pass-catching ability as well. Against Kentucky, six receptions, 51 yards. So they'll try and get him involved there as well. But if you're Florida, given the question of Brock Bowers being out and somebody having to step up a receiver in tight end, given that Georgia may lean on the ground game more, well, maybe load the box. Make Carson Beck beat you. Homecoming game from him. He's from Jacksonville. He's on a record page for completion percentage at 73.61. That's six nationally. Graham Mertz is right above him. School record for Georgia was set last year with Stetson Bennett. At 68%. Carson Beck's doing better than that. About 5% better. He became the first Bulldog quarterback since 2013's Aaron Murray to have three straight games of at least 300 yards passing. And against Kentucky earlier this year, 28 of 35, 389 yards, four touchdowns, 
and over then number 20, Kentucky. So a defense that did a pretty good job at shutting down Florida. Carson Beck, Georgia's offense, and they just go out there 28 to 35, 389 yards. Now he's certainly capable of beating Florida, but you make him prove it without Bowers. That's what it is. Make him prove it. That's been a security blanket. It's been the safety blanket. And for rightfully so, if I'm a quarterback, he, he's my stuff. I'm throwing to him as much as I can. It's not a hit on, it's not a hit on Carson Beck, but now you got to prove you can either spread the ball out, find another go-to guy. What's the game plan here? Georgia so far has been a pass-first team. And their relationship with Bowers is a huge reason why. Make him prove he can be comfortable without Bowers. You know, so this is on Florida's defensive front. And that's the worry, <laughs> given what we've seen lately. And even with Georgia's offensive line issues this season of keeping guys healthy, they've been able to protect Beck. And the Vandy getting the last game against Vandy was actually one of their worst performances there. They dealt with injuries in that game that helped get to that point, but it's still Georgia versus Vandy. You know, you like when I said Florida versus Charlotte earlier this year and Florida struggling against that defensive line, you just don't expect it shouldn't be the case, but it was. Georgia gets some of those guys back this week, mainly Amarius Mims, been going through practice all week long for Georgia. He'll probably return, probably won't play as much as he will later on in the season. It's his first game being back since South Carolina. So they're fitting new pieces back in. But they have been really good for the most part at protecting Beck all season long. So if Georgia decides they want to lean on the ground game, then the defensive front, the Florida linebackers need to prove they are better there. It's been a point of emphasis during the bye week for Florida. Now, so far this season, Georgia runs a ton more zone run scheme more than the gap run scheme. But best bet they have seen Florida's issues. And you best bet they're going to implement more gap runs and make Florida prove they can stop them. Most important matchup of the game for me. Can you ugly this game up? If It's asking a lot of the Florida offense to go win this game. It really is. The Florida defense needs to do their job. Look, I'm not so sure Florida gets more than 20, 23 points from the offense. So Florida's got to ugly this game up a lot on the defensive side of the football. Stop the run so Beck can't th- gray off of play action. Stop the run so he can't rely on play action. Pressure Beck when he drops back. Make him rely on targets he hasn't proven he has that same style of trust in. So given this, I think Georgia, to make it easier for Beck, you know, if if Florida's having some success stopping this run game, look, if Florida doesn't stop the Georgia run game, it doesn't matter. It, it, the game's over. That's why I said that matchup, Florida's defensive front, Georgia's offensive line, the most important on the field for me. Go ugly this game up. But if Georgia's struggling, I think they will try. A tried and true staple of a Mike Bobo offense. Run a ton of screens and run them successfully. It's a low-risk play, something Florida must be ready for. They were a great scheme. They, that was a, they were a great screen team under 
off, previous offensive coordinator, Todd Munkin, and they still are under Bobo, but you can go back to even his previous stint at Georgia. Great at calling, knowing when to call those screenplays. And as Seth Vonador points out on his latest at GatorsBreakdown.com, so far this season, Carson Beck is throwing screens on just over 25% of his passes. They use them to generate easy first downs and explosive touchdowns. And look, we may see him even more without Bowers to rely on, make it easier for Beck. So already a big part of the offense may become even larger. So last thing to watch, of course, while Georgia's on offense is, look, the explosiveness. They've missed on shots this year. They've been there, but they've missed on them. Now, Kentucky had been the same way against Florida's defense, been missing them open shots, explosive shots, and still couldn't hit them versus Florida through the passing game. They did in the run game, not in the passing game. So Florida's you know, issues giving up explosives. You hope that continues for the Georgia side, not the Florida side. But there we go. I mean, that's just looking at this game. That's just how I see it. Look, if you want more on particular players, you can go listen to the last episode of Gators Breakdown, Palmer Toms from... Dogs HQ, they're on the On3 network. He joined me. We player-specific a whole lot on the last episode right there. We'll have even more in the Gators Breakdown Plus chat later this week. But it's time for a prediction. Time for a prediction. I see it. There's an alleyway. There's an alleyway for Florida to pull this off. But I don't see it, Unfortunately. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling better. That's why I, you know, I want to go as a fan you know, just in case it happens. Just in case. But I just, I can't pick it. I can't pick it. It stings. It hurts. I hate saying we're going to lose any game. Ramp that up times 10 when we're talking Florida, Georgia. But I got a 30 to 17 Georgia victory. And it's the trenches for me. I, 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 that's why I can't hop on board with the upset. And while Georgia isn't as good there as they have been, they are still really good. And I think we'll take advantage of Florida in the trenches more times than not. I will say, though, you know, the fan in me really wants to pick the upset. I actually feel Florida can play Georgia closer than recent years. I do think there's a path to an upset. But if you told me, all right, Dave, you got to go bet. You have to. You have to go bet everything. You have to go to Vegas. You know, I'd, I'd have to lean towards Georgia there. <laughs> I can't lose everything. Yeah, I wish I, wish I could bet with my heart. Wish I could, wish I could go with the heart. But unfortunately, got to still go with the top-ranked team in the country. Look, it would be, there's a reason it would be called an upset, right? Florida's not supposed to win this game. Doesn't mean they can't. Anyway, come Saturday night about 7 o'clock. I hope you're all calling me Dummy Dave. I'll be calling myself Dummy Dave, and I'll wear that badge proudly. I will wear it proudly. (laughs) Oh, man. But um, I just think Georgia gets it done. Not letting Florida's ground game get going. I don't think Florida will get enough done through the air. I think they'll hold Mertz in check, mainly because I think Georgia's defensive line do a pretty good job of creating pressure on him all game long. And Georgia will probably hit a couple big plays to, to be the difference. I think it's a game going into the fourth quarter. Florida can win this game. 
I haven't, I, I haven't, I haven't said that to myself in the last couple of years, and understandably so. But Georgia's still the better team, I think. And look, they'll still be the better team if Florida wins. I mean, Florida's just got to be the better team this Saturday. So 30-17 Georgia. You know, I got it. Maybe, you know, maybe low 20s going into the fourth quarter. Georgia does what it, what it takes to get it done in the fourth. Oh, man, that stings. <laughs> I don't want to pick it. I don't want to pick it, but I had to. I had to. I tried to look at it objectively. Try not to look through everything through orange and blue glasses, as you guys know. I know some of you get mad. Oh, how can you, how can you be a fan and pick the other team? Well, you know, I always try to look at it as, at, at the, the, the way of if you were betting your own hard-earned money, where would you go? Where would you bet? And that's not betting with your heart. So, all right. I'm, I, look, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. All right, that'll do it for this Florida-Georgia preview 2023 edition. Gators taking on the top-ranked dogs here in Jacksonville, hopefully taking down the top-ranked dogs here in Jacksonville on Saturday. I'm the host of Gators Breakdown, David Waters. You can find me on social media at GatorDave underscore SEC. Guys and girls out there, thank you for joining me on this episode of Gators Breakdown. Gators Breakdown.